You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. And welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. This is your host here, Haven Harrington, joined in studio by the man, the myth, the legend himself from Kentucky Heartbeats all the way from Lexington, Kentucky. We have Tyler Smith. Tyler, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Haven. How are you doing today? Man, I am having a great, great morning here. I'm excited. Man, there's so much to talk about today. I mean, some of the things I think we need to touch on, of course, is that uh, at the greatness that is the University of Louisville, Bob Petrino finished up his coaching staff uh, with the hire of his defensive coordinator, Todd Grantham, brought in uh, Kobe Smith as uh, running backs coach. Uh, L.D. Scott is joining the uh, the stable as well, and he's kind of, you know, round out his coaching staff there. Tony Grantham, Todd Grantham's brother's coming in as linebacker's coach. Uh, so, you know, we could talk about the, the staff additions. This is a big recruiting weekend for the University of Louisville's football team, so we can touch on that. We can touch on the big bombshell that was dropped in college football yesterday about the NCAA is thinking about creating a separate division just for the Power Five conferences. We, we kind of all saw this coming, mm-hmm. and I've been hinted to for months, months, even years. Mm-hmm. And it's, it looks like it's about to happen. Uh, we can also talk about, man, what is going on with uh, the University of Kentucky and, and the University of Louisville basketball programs. I, I think we can safely say this has kind of been a disappointing season uh, you know, for both teams. Let's kind of figure out like where they are and where they're going and maybe how far they can get. Uh, wants to make the tournament, and uh, of course, we have to talk about the NFC, AFC playoffs game. Man, these games should be epic. Yeah, you got bitter rivals going against each other. Two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning mm-hmm. facing off in the greatness it is, uh, Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Mass. So that, that's going to be awesome. But uh, before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Kentucky Heartbeats, man? Because you guys like the Wu Tang Clan. You guys <laughs> like are like fifty deep. <laughs> that's such an interesting comparison. Um, yeah, we're, you know, if we if you don't listen to our show, uh, we come on, we have a show right after the Weekend Sports Buzz uh, from 11 to 12 every Saturday here on 1450. And you're right, we are very deep. We are uh, very wide. We've got a wide range of uh, of people who, who contribute to the site, starting with myself. Uh, I founded the site uh, about a year and a half ago. Just because I have a passion for UK athletics. I mean, grew up in Texas, still came out as a as a UK fan. That's dad, talent. Yeah, my dad's from here, so he raised me right. He he's a smart man. Um, but to 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 round out our uh, starting lineup, we've got Perry Stevenson, former UK uh, basketball star, uh, SWAT as a lot of people call him because he swatted so many shots um, in his career here at Kentucky. We've got Ashley Scobie, who contributes through the radio. Um, she is a writer for Larry Vaught and uh, WildcatHoops.com. She's an incredible, incredible, incredible uh, uh, addition to, to, our, to our show. She, she really she – can, she can hang with the best of them when it comes to football and basketball. I mean, the, she has a wealth of knowledge. And we've got John Martin, uh, Aaron Jackson, and uh, Hunter Bricky, uh, John Rankin. Pretty much all of us went to school together, and 
we we just love to to write chat pretty much anything about UK athletics. So, all, all things UK. So now do you guys co- cover like all UK sports, mm-hmm. like tiddlywinks, uh, <laughs> badminton, That's, backgammon, you know, uh, we all, are, all that good stuff. At Kentucky Heartbeats, we are huge badminton aficionados. That's we what I'm actually about. we actually have a badminton set set up in my backyard, and uh, we have some fierce contests. So we love badminton, and we're we we talked about uh, trying out for the Olympics in uh, 2016. So I think we're going to try to represent uh, America with that. So, but yes, we we do cover pretty much any of the sports. We cover UK soccer. We'll cover UK hoops, UK football, basketball. Whatever whatever UK uh, events are going on, we we just want to share uh, share the passion uh, with the rest of Big Blue Nation. So, all righty, there we go. So that so that's that's the members of the uh, of that's the, the team. That's the team, the Kentucky Heartbeat Clan. Yeah, we can we can pretty much suit up a basketball team and and go ten deep. Man, you guys you guys are pretty deep. I, I have to give you guys credit. You guys are very very deep. You know, uh, kind of start to show off. Let's talk a, just a, a quick little bit about pop culture. You know, uh, <laughs> I love it. There we go. You know, because Louisville's own Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> was uh, nominated several times there for you know Golden Globe Awards, uh, Academy Award. Is and it's good to see like local people yeah, do well. Absolutely. You know, because there's a, actually a lot of people don't know this. There's a lot of uh, you know Kentucky guys who actually in Hollywood, maybe not in front of the camera, mm-hmm. but a lot of them like executive producers, things of that nature. And, and a website came out with a. A couple of days ago, was the greatest movie ever shot in your state. The, the, the greatest movie ever shot in your state. And for Kentucky, they picked The Insider. <laughs> now, you know, Insider's a great movie. You know, it's about the whole tobacco settlements and all that clandestine uh, back and forth between guys trying to smuggle out documents to, to catch the tobacco companies cheating and lying and all, of the, all that great stuff. It's shot in and around Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky. Uh, at the time the movie was shot, I was actually living in Plainview, which is in J-Town. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the scenes were shot in Hurstbourne. So I got to, you know, on my way to Oxmoor Mall and ride my bike around. You got to see him, you know, film The Insider, which is pretty cool. But to me, that's nowhere near the greatest movie ever made in the state of Kentucky. I mean, the greatest movie ever made in the state of Kentucky has to be Stripes with Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. I mean, this has to be the greatest movie ever. I mean, John Candy, Harold Ramis. I mean, the, the, list, the list goes on and on. Judge Reinhold. I mean, you know, you can just, the, the cavalcade of stars that were in that movie. And, and if you watch Stripes, as I did last night at 3 o'clock in the morning, that's where <laughs> I'm up. But if you watch Stripes like I did, and, you know, the, the whole downtown scene is like all downtown Louisville. And it's just a great the way they edited the whole thing because you can see them drive down Jefferson Street in the same conversation. And the car, like, never, like, turns courses. They're driving down Jefferson Street. He turns his head around and they're on River Road. He looks forward again and back on Jefferson Street. Mm-hmm. Conversation never breaks. It's just a, it's a great movie, a, a great movie. That by far is the greatest movie ever shot in the state of Kentucky, followed by Pam Greer's Coffee, and that's only because I love Pam Greer and everything she does is awesome, especially in the seventies. I'm I'm gonna contest your your number one film. Contest, I'm please gonna, do. I'm gonna go with uh, Sea Biscuit. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> no way I would go with that one. But seriously, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with one A and one B here. Goldfinger, huge James Bond fan. Okay, and a lot of scenes were shot there in my city, Lexington, the the heartbeat of uh, college basketball, by the way. And uh, you know, 
Rain Man. Rain Man's a a great one too. And it uh, is, it is. And and you know, even I'm gonna I'm gonna give uh my I'm gonna give shout out to San Antonio, Texas. That's where I'm born and raised. Tommy Lee Jones from San Antonio, and shot U.S. Marshals here in Kentucky. Uh, quite a bit of it. So that's a I, I'm a big big fan of that movie too. I think it's an underrated film. So Wesley Snipes, Robert Downey Jr. Really good cast there. So, but yeah, I think uh, Stripes definitely a great film, and I can uh, definitely uh, understand why you you'd want to go with that one. There you go. There you go. So that, there's our little pop culture fix for today. And hey, if you want to join in on any topic we discussed today, whether it's Bobby Petrino and U of L, if you have any anything UK related at all, but my man Tyler knows everything and anything about UK, please give us a call to Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 502-384-1450. Again, that number is 502-384-1450 on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. Please give us a call because the show would not be complete without you. And I hope to hear from the truth later on today because IU had a tremendous win. Please, truth, call in because I... A tremendous win. I mean, good Lord, they were down... And also the man with the worst haircut in all of college basketball, Yogi. Right. <laughs> also probably the worst name in college basketball as well, next to Chicken, uh, the guy from Houston. Yes. Uh, chicken, whatever his guy's name. His name's, first name's Chicken, so, you know, I just have to leave it at that. Um, <laughs> please, please, Truth, call in because you and I will have some fun uh, chit-chatting about court storming. So Yes. You know what? I and mean, that's what else we talk about. We, we can talk about court storming as well, but... That was a great comeback win. It was. It was that, a great, was a win, great for comeback their, win for their season. They needed that win. They needed a resume-building win right there, and they, they definitely got it. So congrats to the Indiana fans. Actually, that, of, of, of the three teams in the area, UK, UofL, and IU, IU seem, may have the best resume-building win. Of, actually, they do have the best resume-building win of, of the group. Yeah, I mean, because Louisville is not playing up to their potential right now, so Kentucky's win against Louisville isn't as good as a Wisconsin. But I think both teams will, and we'll we'll get into this later. I think both teams will will be seated higher than where they're uh, currently projected right now. So we'll see, we'll see. But right now, you know, things aren't looking, uh, you know, the the best out there for uh, you know your your local teams there, your your local teams, but. Like I said, we can discuss that a little bit later, but, man, IU with a great win. Like mm-hmm. I said, Yogi had just a, a, a monstrous second half. The man was on fire. He could not be stopped. Um, yeah. IU pulls away the win. Ohio State uh, in the Big Ten has now lost three in a row. Yeah, I, I mean, wow. I thought they were fool's gold. You're, when your tallest guy is 6'8", and they're pretty much a perimeter shooting team, you, you live and die by the three, and that that's their mantra. So, and... I think they'll probably end up as a five six seed when it when it's all said and done. Really? Oh yeah. I'm I am not a fan of Iowa State. I probably would put them as the fourth best team at best in the Big Twelve. So I'd have Kansas, Baylor, and Oklahoma State easily ahead of them right now. Okay. Well, let, 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 let me ask this question here. What would you say would be the the? No, I gotta put this. What is the toughest conference right now in college basketball? I would have to. Oh man, jeez! I'm, I'm. You'd have to probably say the Big Big Ten. I mean, you've got Wisconsin, you've got Michigan State, you got oh Ohio State, which they came off of two straight losses, but they're 
that team's going to be good when it's all said and done. But the ACC's right there. If only Duke and Carolina were playing up to their potential where they were towards the beginning of the year. you got Syracuse. You could have Carolina, um, Duke. Uh, even Pitt's playing well. They haven't played really anybody, but they've only got one loss. Um, so th- that that's a really tough conference. Um, the SEC is probably the toughest in the country. <laughs> yeah, we can all laugh at that. Uh, well, no, they, no, you know what? The SEC is a, is a very top-heavy conference. <laughs> yeah, know? one and two, and you after have, that. You have Kentucky. You know, you have well, Arkansas. You know, they would have would have Yeah, Arkansas, LSU, Tennessee, they're they're that three through, you know, five, six that could get into the tournament. Uh, Arkansas got a great, great win against Kentucky. Man, uh, a great minute. The end of that game was just – I, I know awesome. you're a diehard Kentucky fan, so it wasn't good for you, but – Man, I, I was an awesome. That was like a awesome ending I was to the game. I, I was heartbroken after that that game, but uh, loved the way that the cats battled. So we can get more into that later. But uh, I, I'd have to, I'd have to give the nod to the Big Ten right now, top to bottom. That that's probably the best conference. I would agree. I, I, I would agree. Um, I would say the Big Ten, maybe uh, you know the, the Pac twelve. I mean, yeah, the Pac twelve doesn't get a lot of love. I think money because we're on the East Coast and it's just hard to see a lot of Pac-12 games because who's going to stay up to four <laughs> yeah. or five o'clock in the morning to watch Hawaii play, and you know, and a lot of those teams out west, USC and you know everybody else because that's just man, that's that's hard. That is hard on anybody to stay up that late to watch Pac-12 basketball. I have a hard time staying that late to watch like Pac-12 football. <laughs> I mean, just just let alone you know watching like Pac-12 basketball because you know Oregon, Oregon State, you know they play like around midnight. And it's just not—I don't know—it's just not an exciting brand of, of of basketball to me. Yeah, and a really underrated conference is the Big East this year. I mean, I know that they have separated and pretty much gotten any and every school that they can. But when you talk about Villanova, you talk about Creighton. When you talk about Xavier's uh, playing yeah, well, Xavier. I mean that that conference top to bottom. St. Louis is in the top twenty-five. I mean that to- that conference top to bottom. Could get six, six, maybe seven teams in the tournament when it's all said and done. So that's some that's some pretty powerful stuff. That's some pretty powerful stuff. And uh, you know, kind of to switch gears a little bit, you know, let's go and talk about a uh, Louisville football with you know Bobby Petrino. He he comes in town now. I, I will admit, Bobby wasn't my my first choice. What, was he in your top five? Uh, he was like he was like the fifth one. <laughs> he really was. He, he was he was like number as, five. As a Louisville guy, did. How do you how do you justify bringing him back? He the Louisville program is a top twenty five program. I'll admit it. It it's a really solid job right now. You're, I mean, winning seasons after winning seasons, going into the ACC with a legitimate shot to win. I mean, other than Florida State and Clemson, Louisville's got a legitimate shot to compete in the in the ACC. Why would you go after Bobby Petrino and take that risk on him? Easy. And, and and the more I thought about it and started talking to other car fans and, and talking to guys in Louisville's athletic administration, it made perfect sense why you go at Bobby Petrino. And the reason you go at Bobby because one, he's a proven winner. Flat out, he's 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 a proven winner. And you know that when when you go to ACC with all this momentum, uh, with the talent you have coming back, you want to make a splash. And you want somebody who can keep it up, and that has a has a proven track record. If you look at where you look at everywhere Bobby has gone. You know, outside of off the field issues, look at his on the field issues. He has done nothing but win, and everywhere he's been, his teams have always progressively gotten better. At, at Arkansas, 
No, I could talk about you know what his time here at, at, at U of L, and he was forty one and nine for four years, which is yeah. a, a phenomenal record. Yeah. You know, but you can say, well, you know, it's forty one and nine, but you know, two of those years you were in Conference USA, and the other two years, you know, you were in the you know Big East playing good competition in the Big East, but you only had two years in the Big East, so you know, maybe the competition sure. wasn't as stiff. But if you look at what he did in Arkansas, mm-hmm. you no, know, he took an Arkansas program that was right there with the Mississippi programs. I mean, no, no offense to Kentucky, but you know they, they weren't quite on the Kentucky Vanderbilt level. <laughs> but they were, you know, Arkansas was like the Mississippi schools, yeah, just a half a step up. And he took them from eight and five his first year, which is slightly a worse record than what Houston had the year before. I think Houston went like nine and I think had a nine win season the year before, so he went uh, eight and five. Then he. You know, improves his record again, and then his last two years, he's ten and uh, what ten and two and eleven and yeah, one. I mean, he's a sugar a, bowl. Yeah, I mean, his his record speaks for himself. He can win. He can win with not even the best talent, and he can win. And I I think what I think what when the 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 transition to, you know, going to ACC is that you want a coach that can win, who knows how to win, who's going to keep the momentum going, and you won't have that that drop off. Because any other coach you would have hired, whether it was a Narduzzi at mm-hmm. uh, Michigan Morris. State, or Chad Morris, yeah. or Derek Mason yeah. from from Stanford, which I think is a great hire for Vanderbilt. Oh, great hire! Or even Franklin, yeah, from from Vanderbilt. Now, all those guys, you may have seen a, a drop off from this season to next season. You know, just because the new coaching changes, it's a completely new style. These are all, except for um, the guy at Vanderbilt, uh, Franklin. You know, these are all first-year, first-time head coaches, so they have to learn how to be head coaches. And I think Tom, he, he went to the sure thing, and, and Bobby is the sure thing. And Bobby leaves after four or five years, and he leaves after four or five years. But you know you're going to win for those four or five years. The biggest, you know, the biggest knock on Bobby, and my biggest worry was, was can he recruit? Because after everything he's been through, you know, it's hard for him to get into, like, a, mm-hmm. like somebody's a living room and convince mom that you know, your son is safe with me. Would would you send your your son to play for Bobby Petrino? Yes. No, I would, and the reason I would because every former Cardinal I talk to that's played for Bobby Petrino loves Bobby Petrino. I mean, as as hard as he was, as crass as he was, and he's a he's a hard. I mean, he's a, he was a, when he was here the first time, he was a hard man to work for and to play for <laughs> because he demanded perfection. I mean, if you're an assistant coaches, you guys were there all year round to at least 11 o'clock. <laughs> at <laughs> least. I mean, at least 11, 12 o'clock every night. I mean, this guy's right now, I, I guarantee you, Bobby is right now breaking down footage of every opponent Louis is going to play next year and will have a game plan set out for every single opponent already before the season starts. I mean, he is a master at, at offensive preparation. It, and it's probably the greatest play caller ever. And I mean, I'm not gonna lie; he's probably is the greatest play caller ever in the history of college football. <laughs> I mean, the man, the man's a football savant. He's he's an offensive football savant. It is what it is. I mean, every place he's been, he's had high octane offenses. They score a lot of points. He, I mean, even in Arkansas, going against probably the toughest division in in SEC, he scored a lot of points on a lot of very good teams with <sighs> suspect talent. I mean, you had a couple of good guys. Like ah, Rick. you can't say suspect well, yeah, talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan Mallett. Yeah. You had uh, Niles Davis. Niles running Davis. Back. I mean, that. But but let's be honest. He has more talent now on his Louisville squad. I'm going to disagree with that. Than he, would, than he ever had that, that would ever be at Arkansas. I mean, that Arkansas team was 
flooded with talent. Niall Davis is, if it wasn't for Jamal Charles, would be starting for the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Uh, Ryan Mallett is probably one of the top backups behind Tom Brady. I mean, Bill Belichick loves Ryan Mallett. And so, Thanks to Tulich of Bobby Petrino. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm tell you, Bobby Petrino made Hunter Cantwell look like an all-star. <laughs> No, uh, I'm not. I'm not going to no, disagree. Bobby no, Petrino knows he, his office. He made Hunter Cantwell look like an all star. He made Stephon Lafleur's, a guy <laughs> who who mailed his tape into I think to 155 different schools and got no offers at all. You're right. He made made he him well. look like an all star. I mean, what he does with offensive players and how he coaches quarterbacks is just it's just insane. I mean, some some people just have a knack for. For doing what they do, Bobby's one of those guys that he just has that knack. He just knows offense and knows offense very, very well. To me, the problem is what you're going to do on defense. Yeah, that that's where I would be concerned as a Louisville fan. And can he um, recruit? And I and I think getting Todd Grantham, who you know, is that's a great hire. I it's, mean, it's a great. Now Georgia fans are happy to see him go. I mean, they're ecstatic to see him go. They don't like that, him. That's fine. But for Louisville, that's a great hire. And I would be very excited to see him. Then you get the UAB head coach uh, to come over and be the offensive coordinator. So I'm going to give I'm going to give Bobby a pat on the back and say you just made you just got yourself really nice assistant coaching staff. To me, to me, the, the two biggest gains on his staff, of course, Todd Grantham. A lot of guys were worried because in Georgia when he came in, he instilled a three four defense, which is very hard to do in college NFL. That's- and if it's a little bit easier because you can draft the type of players you need for your de- you know for your scheme. It's gonna it's gonna be a two year process on your defense. Switching from a three four or from a four three base D well, to now, a three now, four. Now, now here's the thing: Louisville's base defense most of the season this year was actually a three three five. Was it a three three five? Yeah. Okay. Louisville, Louisville played mostly a three three five this year. The first two years under Strong, there was a four three base. That, but, but for the past two years. It was all three three five, and what you saw in, against Miami in the Rose Athletic Bowl was almost straight three three five okay. or three four. So it may not be that big of a jump, but it's for, it's for our little players. A, it's still going to be a. a it's still going to be a nice little jump in adjustments. I expect to see some guys out of position a couple of times. Yep, a couple of guys burnt. You're going to miss your uh, your two safeties, Calvin Pryor, mm-hmm. who was just like a. a, a I mean, a that phenomenal safety. Tandem safety. Was was great. Yes, and man, it's so great. Actually, uh, the draft boards have. Uh, you know they have Calvin Pryor going in the first round. They have him as his first round pick. I, he's he's going to be a bona fide. Uh, he's gonna he's going to be in the league for a while. He he's just a playmaker. So, but that that switching to that three four whenever Kentucky did that uh, in the Joker Phillips era, horrible. Yeah, it, it, it was, was a huge mistake, and uh, it's going to be interesting because it's you're going to have to win in the ACC at the line of scrimmage. The Mark Stoops. You know, the, he, that's what he he understands. You can't. You're not going to be able to outscore teams sixty to six, sixty-one to sixty. And I think I, Bobby realizes he's got to bring in an SEC type defensive coordinator to compete. I mean, Florida State is going to be an extremely difficult game for y'all next year. Y'all play Clemson. I don't. Yes. Know. Okay. Clemson is probably going to be at Clemson. Here. Was, it's really. Probably, how did y'all get these games for the? Both of them are here, FSU and Clemson. How did y'all get Giants. those? The miracle of Tom Jurich. Oh my god! The world's, I mean, college football's, college athletics' greatest AD. It just it made it happen. I mean, I'm 
gonna just think that you didn't say that. But um, <laughs> that yeah, okay. Well, you can thank the ACC schedule for that. And, and we play at Notre Dame, so <sighs> y'all schedule next year is brutal. Welcome to the SEC. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. I, I think this is something Cardinal fans have always won, and I think. You know, being able to, you know, to actually see how good of a program really are. And I think, you know, and, and that's the other reason you bring Bobby in, because he's coached in the SEC. He was a very, very successful head coach. I mean, he had these guys challenging for the SEC championship. I mean, he was. What, he went 0-1 against Kentucky, right? Yes, he did go. Yes, he went, well, that's why he was in Arkansas. Yeah. He was 0-1. But at the University of Louisville, he's 4-0. Yeah, so, but. Soon to be 5-0. and Um Okay, well, I'll let you. If you all win this year, then I think next the 2015 schedule is when Kentucky really takes off. That will be it. This is not your year just yet. No, I don't think so. And only, I, only because they'll take a step forward. They would. Well, actually, this year, even though they only won two games, they took steps. Oh yeah, forward. absolutely. They competed. Uh, yeah, next year, I think you're going to see a uh, maybe a four win I'm, season. I'm thinking five wins when I'm looking yeah, at the schedule. Maybe five. Uh, wins depending on how things fall, um, and then after that, because the hard part for Kentucky is going to get a lot of guys, a lot of incoming talent you have this year, especially on the lines, mm-hmm. on offensive line and defensive line. It's almost impossible to start as a true freshman, as an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, and have any type of success at all at any level of college football. Yeah, but Kentucky's defensive line next year is going to be nasty. It's when you've got Zadarius Smith and Bud Dupree coming back, and then you've got Jason Hatcher, you've got all these young guys uh, that are staying. Their D line's going to be sacking but you some miss quarterbacks. Your, but you miss your two biggest uh, guys in the, you're right. uh, up the middle. You're right. Uh, but you're going to have Trayvon Pascal. You're going to have some of these guys that have got really solid minutes that played in the, the, second, the second group that will be able to, to plug some gaps. And if you could get someone like a Matt Elam, who's college-ready, Who's six foot six, three hundred and fifty pounds, and is really quick for his size. Yes, he most D tackles come in at what two ninety five, three fifteen in that area. Yes, this, this kid's college ready if he if he does choose the University of Kentucky. So he's gonna he's gonna fill a huge need for the. Cats. I mean, you got what, what so Stoops is doing in Kentucky is just phenomenal. That yep. that, re, that recruiting class is just. I mean, even as a U of L fan, I have faith in, in Charlie Strong's ability to. Pick players yeah. and then coach them up. So I wasn't, I wasn't too worried uh, with this new staff of Yovell. I would be concerned. I, I'm, I'm, I'm worried, and I'm, just, I'm just kind of want to see what's going to happen. I know we have like Lamar Thomas as wide receivers coach, which is, um, which I think should be a pretty good thing. See, he should be able to recruit South Florida like nobody's business because he is Mister South Florida. You have your DB coach, uh, Terrell Buckley, who mm-hmm. is, I mean, oh my gosh, I mean that guy was like an NFL legend. <laughs> he was a, he was a legend of Florida State, and yep. you know played for years with the Packers, and went to All Pro, and now he's back, and now he's in college. And he, from all everything I've read and people I talked to, he's a great DB coach. Uh, he should be doing uh, pretty well recruiting. To me, the most oppressive part about Bobby Petrino's staff is the fact that he has a lot of former players on his staff, and he's the only coach that's had a lot of former Cardinals. On his coaching staff, even John L. left. You know, you mm-hmm. never saw there were too many ex Cardinals roaming the sidelines there. With Charlie, you probably won't see any um, at all at Texas. Even as GAs, I don't expect to see a lot of Cardinal guys. You know, kind of floating the staff. But Bobby, I mean, he said it, it, even when he was at Arkansas, he had about three or four 
you know, U of L guys on the staff. At Western, it was almost like an entire ex U of L, you know, coaching staff down there. It was just amazing. Then here you got Kobe Smith and L D Scott. Well, L D Scott's a son in law, so I'm sure he brought him, <laughs> you know, kinda had take him for the ride. But you know, but still, you know, that's it's good to see Kobe Smith and those guys with another guy from Tallahassee who can recruit the state of Florida. You know, pretty well guys who have passion for the program because they play there, you know, on the staff. Cause they, and Kobe's a pretty good running back. He's a, a pretty good running back's coach. He did, a, I think, a really good job at Western last year. And, of course, you learn from Bob Petrino, which is the master of offenses. So he will always make sure that your guy's in the right position. Well, somebody that's got to be really happy uh, has got to be James Quick. That I, You know, he's going to be somebody I think is going to really play well. Will Gardner Miami. has to be ecstatic. Well, he... he Will Will's a solid quarterback. He doesn't get enough credit because Teddy Bear was sitting in front of him. And uh, but he's going to have to the offense is going to be on him. If it's going to depend on how well, how quick he picks it up. And but as you said Bobby, Bobby's Bobby's really good when it comes to having I mean, offense. When it, when it comes to quarterback, he is a savant. I mean, you look at guys who just came out of nowhere, stuff on the floors. Everybody thought Dave Ragone was going to be the dude. And and Stefan comes in and it's like how how does this guy win a starting job? Where did this come from? And <laughs> once you saw him play, it was like oh, okay. When Jeff Brown went down, I was like, oh, when Brian Brown went down. So here comes Hunter Cantwell. Walk on. Uh, we're not too sure. Bam. I mean, there it is. I mean, just it, I think it can be uh, it can be pretty frightening there. I mean, that guy is uh, what he what he can do with offenses and with the talent he has coming back with Michael Lee Harris. Uh, Eli Rogers, uh, De La Cruz, yeah, Devontae Parker, yeah. I mean, y- I mean, the, the, the offense should be clicking just to see how that defense makes that transition. I'd be concerned about your D, especially when you're going up against the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback coming into town and his offense. You've got Clemson coming into town. ACC is going to put some numbers up on you all this year. Oh, they will. They'll, they'll put some numbers, and we'll have to score. So it'd be, it, I think, it'd be. I think it'll be a lot of great great games because UofL will score and they'll if, score a lot of points. If y'all go eight and four this year, I you all should be very ecstatic. I was I was like seven and five. Okay, well, be, seven I, and I, five. I was I'll be ecstatic. Yes, eight and four, seven and five. That was about the same range I was I was uh, going with. You know what? Let's take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, man, let, let's break down some more college football and let's talk a little basketball. So I know you're down to talk about mm-hmm. your Kentucky Wildcats and seeing how you know where they are. As a team, you know, is this the Kentucky team we thought they would be? You want to talk about this and much, much more when we come back on the Weekend Sports Buzz. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. And welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. This is your host here, Haven Harrington, joined in studio by my man, Tyler Smith. And the Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Give Brandon a call at 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Brandon J. Lawrence, J stands for justice. Literally, the greatest lawyer I've ever met in my entire life is Brandon Lawrence. He's a personal friend of mine. He's, a, he's worked on some, uh, some stuff for me. The man is like Shaft. <laughs> I mean, he just comes to the courtroom. Everybody's like, who's that? He, he drops the mic and uh, I'm telling it's you, game on. That's right. He comes in there. 
puts the briefcase down. Everybody just, when he comes in, he looks around, he pats you in the back, gives that little wink like everything's going to be okay. <laughs> and everything's going to be okay. And then you walk out with a big check. So you can't beat that. I'm telling you, Brandon J. Lawrence, give him a call at 502-587-0041. Your personal injury attorney, the best one in the city of Louisville, actually the whole region. Whole region. Whole region. I'm, I'm, I'm I've never met the man, but I'm sold. You have to be sold. I mean, he's, he's the greatest of all time, like Ali. That's some comparison. That's a great Louisville uh, that's a great uh, Louisville comparison right there. So. There we go. There we go. And speaking of that, we was about to talk about a little college basketball. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about your Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah. Let's talk uh, about them. You know, a lot of people, you know, at the beginning of the season, it was all 40 and 0, T-shirts were printed, ready to go. This <laughs> is going to be the, the, the greatest team since the Fab Five, the greatest collection of freshman talent, the history of freshman talent. They was going to run rough shot over uh, the SEC, run rough shot over college basketball, uh, headed by the, the greatest, the greatness himself, John Calipari. It's, a, it's going to be an unstoppable force of UK nature, and uh, hasn't been that yet, has it? No, they've been stopped a couple of times. Apparently, Mother Nature has a has a cold or something, a hiccup. As Calipari said, uh, I'm going to paraphrase him: "You learn the most whenever you lose." And uh, this Tuesday's loss has a lot of learning. Yeah, like how to block out and not and not watch the last second uh, shot go up. Yeah, you're you're right. Um, but he's a first mistake. Any, though. Yeah, but anybody mistake. that played basketball, it's a last second shot. Are you really gonna box out? You're thinking that there's it, once that ball hits, it it's either it's it goes in, you win, you lose it, it bounces off, the game's over. But see, what got me is that they weren't even trying for the rebound. They were just sitting there, literally just yeah. watching the ball. Yeah, but what's awesome about that play is, all, you never have to teach someone how to teach that team how to box out again, do you? You just no, you put won't. that, you just put that tape in, and that that that's a miracle worker. So they lost. I'm gonna give a message right now, Big Blue Nation. Do not jump off the bandwagon. Do not, do not exit, uh, exit, uh, you know, stage left. This team. Is making improvements. I know you all see it. The team is getting better each and every game. I was not upset they lost Tuesday night. Arkansas had their backs against the wall. That they needed that game to keep, you know, to stay in Joe Lenardi's last four in in, in his bracketology. Arkansas Arkansas's a decent team. And they they battled for forty, what, forty five minutes for overtime. Actually, they battled for 44 minutes and 59 seconds. And Calipari said in his uh, his coach's show, there were five plays that lost them that game. I'm not going to go on the officials, which that was one of the worst games to watch. 60, what, 63,040 minutes. Crazy. Crazy. You, you, know about, you know about the Friday night fights. That's what it looked like. It looked like just haymakers being just... Left and right, it was not even fun to watch, and but this team they're getting better. And I'm going to make the comparison, Haven. I'm still not jumping off this team. We're gonna we're still going to compare them to the Fab Five. Whoa, that's, that's that's pretty big there. Yeah, Fab Five. A lot of y'all probably don't remember, but the Fab Five was 12 and four after their first 16 games. Haven, what's Kentucky's record right now? 12 and four. Yeah, Kentucky is going to be fine, folks. Would would you rather? Okay, Haven, you're a Louisville guy. 
Would you rather have that Louisville, this year's Louisville team or this year's Kentucky team? Yeah, you know what? I, I, have to, I have to take this year's Kentucky team. Yeah, because you know that they haven't peaked, and they won't until right before the tournament. They've got easily the most talent out of anybody in college basketball. I, as Calipari says, I like my team, and I'm going to keep my team. And this team is getting better. They're learning what it takes to win each and every game. So we're going to see here in two hours and 14 minutes when they take on the Vols, which is going to be a great test. The Vols will be able to guard Kentucky. They are athletic. Maimon, you've got uh, Scotty, I mean, um, what Jordan McRae. Uh, I was about to say Scotty Hobson. Shout out to uh, Scotty, wherever he's at. And But this can be a good test for the Cats. And can they can they learn to put their foot on someone's throats? You know, not win by 7, 8 points. Let's win by 20 points. That's what the 2012 team was able to do. And But most impressive out of this week has got to be the play of Alex Poitras. He has been a monster. Shades of Jamal Mashburn, monster mash. And going 6 of 7, just dunking on everybody in Arkansas. The play of the game, yes, was the rebound slam dunk put back to win the game. But Alex Poitras' play that probably won't be forgotten because Calipari loved it so much was James Young shooting the three-pointer bouncing up towards the free throw line. Alex literally was not in the frame of the shot and comes out of nowhere, grabs that rebound, and kicks it out back out to the perimeter. Those are game-winning plays because they were able to tie it up. That That's what this team is learning to do. And I'm going to go back to my point about the Fab Five. The Fab Five was a six seed going into the tournament, and they figured it out. The Fab Five was able to lose they lost to a great duke team in the national championship there's only one or two teams that are a notch above everybody else right now Syracuse and Arizona but whenever whenever you give me whenever it's march i'm i'm going to be like Calipari. i like my team so really? i'm not ju- i'm not jumping off a bandwagon you know what and you shouldn't jump off the bandwagon i mean Kentucky does have a great deal of talent. I mean, a great deal of talent. Uh, our producer will, will probably agree with us. He's shaking his head now. Yes, Kentucky <laughs> has a great deal of talent. And they're probably the most talented team going out there, and they will make you know, fresh mistakes, and they have yep. been making fresh mistakes all, all year long. Yep. Uh, one of the things that I, I like about this Kentucky team is uh, the Harrisons have, are beginning to learn how to play point guard. Yeah. That it's, they're finally beginning to learn how to play point guard. Yeah. And, and you kind of saw this with Teague when the U.K. won a national championship. It took Teague almost to the tournament before the light clicked. Brandon b- Knight was the same yeah, way. But, but before the light clicked on him. You know, it's yeah. not to be Tyreek Evans and, and John Walls coming through to just get it from, from jump. Well, actually, Ty, you bring, mentioned Tyreek Evans. That's who Andrew Harrison is. Tyreek Evans was horrendous his first half of the season. But he, as Calipari said, he didn't get it until just before conference tournament time. And he was n- nearly unstoppable. I mean, that's who that's who uh, Andrew Harrison is. And I, and I was talking with a U.K. fan the other night who was just texting me complaining that Andrew Harrison doesn't need to be running the point guard, needs to be somebody else. 
You have to learn. Yeah, you do. John Wall was not as good as people thought through his first 10, 12 games. He had more turnovers than assists, but he was scoring the ball and getting to the rim. And people just need to have patience. If he doesn't get it this year, that's fine. Maybe he comes back next year. I'm going to ask you this question as as, as a diehard Kentucky fan. Yeah. Do you think they've underperformed so far? Yeah, I think that's fair. They've definitely underperformed. They they should not have lost to Baylor. Baylor's a top 10 team now, but they should not have lost to Baylor. They were up nine with like eight minutes to go. Just couldn't hit a free throw. And I don't, Big Blue Nation, don't call in about free throws. I'm sick and tired of hearing that. Um, it's a big part of the game. It is, but they're actually the second best shooting, free throw shooting team under Cal since he's been here. Yeah, which is saying a lot, but also shows the talent that he brings in. So th- they're going to get better, and uh, they're 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 working on it. Cal's got them right now, I'm sure. They have to shoot five free throws in a row after they run a ton. If they miss one of the five, they run again. Well, you know, maybe like you know, some teams just can't shoot free throws. Maybe this is one of those teams that just just can't shoot free throws. So you, you kind of know that going in, yeah. And you just have to prepare accordingly. That you're going to be about fifty percent, yeah. About 50-55% from the free throw line to just roll with it. Because yeah. let's be honest, if they would have hit their free throws against Arkansas, it wouldn't have been a game. Yeah. Yeah. The, the game would have been over. Cause they, they were like, same with Baylor. It was like 40. It was like, they had like 26 out of 40, I do believe, for the Arkansas same game. Same with Baylor. Same with Michigan State. Really, the only game is North Carolina. Yeah, if they would have hit their free throws, it would have been closer. But Kentucky could, Kentucky, yes, has underperformed to answer your question. But I still like my team. And I like them a lot more than Louisville. Wow. Well, you know, and about Louisville's team, let's 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 go and break down to the cards. You know, you talk about the Cats. You know, kind of mid-season grace for the cards. I think a lot of folks are um, kind of disappointed with how this season has gone. I think a lot of fans have disappointed at how this season has gone, mainly because one, you can tell that Freedom, oh, not Freedom Hall. Well, <laughs> gosh, what I'm thinking about the Yum Center is not full. For almost any game, Memphis it wasn't mm-hmm. full, and that's that's a big rivalry game. That was a many were building that up as a must-win game for the program because they need that one quality win. And of course, they didn't they didn't get it. They they fell short to Memphis. Um, you know, and you kind of look at the Louisville schedule. They they played a bunch of cream puffs, uh, little sisters of the poor, <laughs> Kentucky School for the Blind. I think was on the schedule. The Midget Society of America. You know, just uh, a horrendous schedule. They say a, a, a horrendous schedule, a yeah, schedule that, is, that does not prepare you for conference play and does not prepare you for tournament play. Now, against those horrible teams, Louisville looked like gangbusters. They looked like, wow, you know, this is the, the guys we thought we was going to see. They're scoring a lot. You know, defense is kind of suspect. Mm-hmm. You know, Louisville's defense all year long, they're not a great defensive team. They've just been outscoring folks, especially in transition. Once you get Russ and yeah. – Chris Jones and Rozier running, you know, it's hard to stop them. And they just score points ad nauseum. And that's how they've been beating people, just actually based on offense, not on defense. Last year's team was complete opposite. You knew they could stop and play hard-nosed defense. They could stop almost anybody and play that hard-nosed defense. And they create turnovers off their defense. And a lot of times their offense left them last year. Mm-hmm. But, hey, you, defense wins championships, offense sells tickets. And last year's, <laughs> I, I think Louisville's team proved that, that defense wins championships. And you can generate just enough offense to go at a great defense. That's that's a winning formula. This year's team's the opposite. You know they have to generate great offense and get just enough defense, 
and that's how this year's team's going to win. But this has been, to me, a very disappointing U of L team so far. Um, you know, just just very disappointing. It's like the I'm going to start a Kentucky game mm-hmm. as a disappointment number one. One for some reason, whatever it is, I heard all the conspiracy theories about you know the same ref playing the you know coach uh, uh, officiating all three of the games in Rupp Arena. He calls quick ghost phantom fouls, like the second foul on Wayne Blackshirt. He got him out the game and some things of that nature. You know what? I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I really don't care because as soon as John Randall went out the game, when Randall leaves the game, that should have been Montrez's time to say, I'm taking over. Yeah, he, Because at that point, nobody should have stopped him in the middle. I don't care what say about Carly Stein. He's, 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 he's not really a threat. He should not know. You should, you should have had his lunch, his dinner, and taking his lunch money. I mean, and, and, and taking the money that the that the um, tooth fairy left him too. I mean, I mean, robbed him blind at, at that particular point. There's no excuse to he lose. He was nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be seen, and, and there's no excuse for that. There's no excuse for the team to once again disappear. Yeah, that. I mean, and and that's what happened. They disappeared. Chris Jones came out, balled out of control. They were passing the ball around, moving the ball around. Then they decided they're going to play one on one street basketball like it's Rutgers Park. Uh, with Chris Smith and uh, with Chris Jones rather than Russ Smith, and you know they 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 look like, you know, and they looked horrible. I mean, for an experienced team, they just won a national championship with most of the players back. You expected a lot more leadership. A lot of these guys to stay cool, not to panic. You know, you, you know what the call is going to be like in Rupp. You know, it's going to be some bad calls. You just get over it and you just keep playing the game. Yep. And they didn't. And you know, Kentucky looked like. The more experienced team, and I, I've said it several times. They took U of L's heart, and that's what that that game is like. They just have more heart, and you can't you can't let a bunch of freshmen, especially after a national championship, you can't let that happen. But you know, Louisville let it happen. Then you go play Memphis, your next must win game near. You know, you kind of up going to the end of the game, and it just falls apart on you. I mean, you just and you look at this team, you kind of scratch your head like, man, what's going on? And then and a lot of U of L fans tell me, it's like, well, Haven's because he don't have an inside presence. We saw that against the Kentucky team. There's no inside presence. You know, we, we really miss Dane, and that's the problem. To me, the biggest loss, and I think what, can, what, what Louisville's having a problem with right now, they don't have a true point guard. I, I they, said that at the beginning yeah, of the season. That they was don't, their yeah, heel. They don't have that general. And even without, you know, great interior play, if you have a general that can space out get the guy's space correctly, get the ball flowing around, you'll get those open looks inside the middle if the, you know, if, if the guards and forwards play their game. You know, you can get those easy shots, those easy tip backs. You know, that makes it appear that you have an inside game even when you don't. And that's what they miss, I think, a lot with Peyton Siva. And I think going into the season, I think Patino wanted Chris Jones mm-hmm. to be that point guard. The problem is Chris Jones has become Russ Smith Jr., He's a scorer yeah. and not so much for a true point guard. Now, Russ Smith is not a point guard. He, he's trying to. He's, he's trying to get much better. He's trying to pass the ball. His assists have gone way up. Yeah. He's trying to run offense, but he's a scorer. Yeah. That's not his position. He's not a point guard. Yeah. And I think what you saw against Houston, granted it is Houston, but Houston did beat UConn. You can go that way. They beat UConn, and UConn lost this guy, so that means, yeah, whatever. It's Houston. Yeah. Um, but I think having Rozier run the point <laughs> – I, th- I think it's going to be Louisville's answer. I think Chris Jones has to come off the bench. Mm-hmm. Rozier's going to have to start, and he's going to have to play point because he looks like at this point to be your only true point guard 
And Trez was just going to have to get his head out of his butt and, and play like he did when he was in Europe. When he was in Europe, he was like – Yeah, he was a monster. He was, he was unstoppable. Yeah, he and, played and, great. Yeah, and it seems like now he's just he's just chilling. I mean, yeah, I mean if draft, I had the season, the he's, just, he's just chilling. Yeah, draft boards after Europe had him top 10. Yeah, I mean, he, he, was, a, he was a lottery pick. Is he even in the first round now? I don't know, and, and that's the thing. It's like you typical U of L players go in with hype, and <laughs> you end up in Europe. Well, so. you know that's okay though. That's okay. They're still cast and check. But you know, and, but you know, you look at. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just kind of interested to see what's going to happen because you know, U of L is kind of a hard, it's kind of a hard nut to crack, especially under Rick Pitino, because a lot of times, like the first couple of games this season. You know, you hear like other talks just talking about, oh, I don't understand this whole uh, lineup he's having here. I don't understand this whole rotation. Doesn't make sense. That's because Pitino's just playing around with you the first half of the season. Sure. Yeah. He, 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 does just, that. he just throws any guy out there, starts guys that shouldn't be starting, just putting guys together that shouldn't be out there. Just to, you know, sometimes I think he does all this stuff, just kind of hold his cards as close to his vest as possible. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as conference tournament time, then, you know, he shows his hand. And then, like last year, I, I think even the championship season, I mean, Louisville did the same thing. They kind of looked like, oh my God, they can't score any points. These guys look horrible. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Hit the Big East tournament, unstoppable. And you know, and at this year's team, I'm not, I'm not sure if this year's team's going to have that that same streak come conference play. Um, and Patino's uh, history, it seems like that's when U of L's teams really start to to hit on all cylinders. It's like that very first game of tournament play. Of conference tournament plays, like when they really start to hit on all cylinders. Yeah. So we have to see. Maybe Rozier is is going to be that catalyst. I think to me that's the best move. The other great move is bringing Wayne off the bench because Wayne, I just don't think he can handle the pressure of being a starter. Or you know, as soon as he gets some foul trouble, I think he it takes him out of his game, and he never gets back in it. He he can't mentally reinsert himself. He can't be as aggressive mm-hmm. as a guy who starts the game. So I think coming off the bench. Maybe like the first four or five minutes pass is great for him. But, you know, we'll see. But, you know, we got much more to talk about there. as a quick first hour. Man, that was fast. It was. But, man, we're going to have a, some more to talk about when we come back on the Weekend Sports Buzz. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. And welcome back to Weekend Sports Buzz. This is your host, Haven Harrington, joined in studio by my man, Tyler Smith of the Kentucky Heartbeat Clan. <laughs> Our clan. I like it. Shout out to Matt. Thanks uh, for throwing up some Jay-Z there. We definitely appreciate it. So it definitely sets this hour, gets this hour off right. DJ so. Matty M is in the house. That's right. Look at him. And you know what? And he's doing exactly like I said. He's just pointing and nodding. That's right. That's, that's all he has to do is point and <laughs> nod. He's, he's a great DJ in the, in the makings already. I think we need to buy some beats for Christmas next year. I love mine. Um, I, they don't sponsor us, but I would sure love it if uh, they sponsored us because greatest pair of headphones I've ever Put on my head. Wow, really? That's just in a lot. I'd like to give a shout out to my man Adam Sawyer. Had his first uh, kid this morning, bouncing baby boy. I, I know you're listening, Adam, in the hospital. So congrats to you and, and a little lady and little Caleb. Congrats! That, that's a that's a big 
life step right there. So this is numero uno for them. That's right. His first one. That's that's great. Congratulations. Yeah. Now he's excited. I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him. And um, also I have to give a big shout out to uh, Josh Chichester, the newest signee of your Kentucky Extreme Ring. Arena football team. That that's going to be fun. That, I know it, gonna, it's going to be fun to have a six nine power forward. They're playing a tight end. They're actually playing wide receiver because no tight ends in arena football. Do you all have open tryouts? Yes, we do. We actually, got a couple open tryouts. All right. Uh, when's the next day? Because I'm going to show up. Oh uh, yeah, I think we have one. Um, actually, about two. Actually, no. Take that back. We don't have any more. Dang it. Uh, You're a pretty tall we, guy. Can we uh, maybe just slide me in on the on the roster? Maybe put me third string. You know what? The mayor of Owensboro, when, when Owensboro had their arena football team, he was on the team. Because <laughs> he, 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 he was like their big sponsor. He had, I think it was like some company owns Bros. He was like their big sponsor. He actually put them on the team. So He, he put the team on his back. He put it, literally. He didn't, he didn't. I think he got like one play. But, yes, he was uh, on the team. I, I would like to uh, go up against uh, Josh um, and compare our hands. Because I've I've got some very underrated hands, and I think <laughs> I could really uh, bolster the wide receiver squad. You know, it'd be interesting because uh, on the Kentucky Extreme, we have uh, Josh Chichester. Yeah, that'll be uh, fun. Mario Uridia, who was uh, who played in, uh, of course, you know, played at U of L. Yeah, played for uh, uh, play, I think played for the Bengals and Tampa Bay, and was the Arena Football Player Rookie of the Year, and came back to be a player owner of the Kentucky Extreme. That'd so be that's fun. Pretty impressive. Doug Beaumont. Doug. Is on is, is other wide receiver. Got a lot of U of L guys there. Yes, with Maurice Grenner run, as our running back. I love Maurice. From Kentucky. So yeah, you know, we have a, uh you know, we have a, a nice a nice smattering of UK, U of L and K State players. So I'm excited. Our first game is our first home game is gonna be uh, February seventeenth at Freedom Hall, Monday night, seven o'clock. We're gonna take on the Kentucky uh, excuse me, the Chicago Slaughter, which is owned by none other. <laughs> Than Curtis Jackson, aka Fifty Cent. That'll be awesome. So Fifty Cent may actually be in the building to watch his uh, his team play. Actually, he's scheduled to be in Freedom Hall to watch his team play. So. Okay. Well, if you can't That's get me on the big. field, I need to get in that uh, press box, owner's box, and uh, chat up with uh, Fiddy himself. Man, we can do that. We can do that. But before we do that, before we talk about any more Kentucky streaming the football team and the hefty lefty coming back to Kentucky, <laughs> Shane Boyd making his way back to the great state as well. Good to see him. Man, we need to talk to Carolina Steve. Gentlemen, I think y'all made a big mistake when y'all were talking about Louisville going into the uh, ACC in football in the first hour, mentioning only Florida State and Clemson. You you left several other good schools, one being Virginia Tech, which happens to have the winningest active Division I football coach. Mr. Beamer? You mentioned... Mr. Beamer, number two, you failed to mention Georgia Tech, yeah. who has won a national championship. No, you're exactly right. Paul Johnson uh, uh, has got that team rolling with that Navy-style offense. You're you're exactly right, Carolina. And also, I don't think you saw a true representation of Miami playing uh, yep. in the Russell Athletic Bowl because their best running back broke his leg against uh, Duke. And don't don't forget the Blue Devils. Cliff uh, yeah. has got that team really, really rolling. Uh, the ACC has always been my conference because I grew up there, and I didn't even mention NC State, who has a quarterback who transferred in from Florida, was ineligible last year, 
but will be running the offense, and he is perfectly made for the offense with the coach having come from northern Illinois and then Carolina. Don't forget they got a freshman that returned five punts for touchdowns setting an NCAA record last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, the AACC rather stocked with talent. And, uh, you know, actually, uh, Athlon Magazine has U of L picked uh, to be fourth in the uh, ACC behind uh, Florida State, Clemson, uh, Syracuse. Syracuse, that's right. Syracuse because, had Syracuse, a really decent year. And they, this they, year. they have a lot of talent returning, especially offensive talent. The whole line is coming back, the defensive line is coming back. Uh, so, you know, they should actually, they're predicted to take that next step up. So, yeah, they, they, they're, they're going to be pretty stocked. Now, it's going to be a good uh, ACC. Uh, I think I've forgotten completely about Syracuse being in there. They're, they're, they're going to be a good football club. Uh-huh. Right now, they're the best basketball team in the ACC. Yeah. With the hands down. Absolutely. And so it's going to be good. And I will be at uh, as many tickets as I can get at uh, Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. And I have uh, just about every team a shirt and a hat for them that I can wear <laughs> when, when, the, when the opposition comes in. Uh, Caroline, I love the and, passion. Uh, and another thing is, everybody's talking about how Clemson's going to be hurting in the quarterback. They got a quarterback mm-hmm. back there whose father was a pro football player. His name is Stout. Okay. And he, he played about the half of four or five football games Last year, the Tyler Boyd did not. Uh, did they just set him down on the bench? And uh, at one time, he had like a seventy-eight percent completion. That's, that's so impressive. So he's going to be good. And they signed the best dual quarterback, uh, dual threat quarterback in uh, the nation. So uh, I know that they're going to be good. Uh, Dabo's going to be good, and I think that's a great thing for a coach, Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> And all these Cardinal fans that think they, you know, wonder why you need to get there 30 minutes before the teams come out of the field and everything, just go to Clemson and watch them run down the hill. Y'all have a good day. Take care, Carolina. Thanks. Thank you, Carolina. Man, I'm kind of surprised, Carolina, to talk about uh, the, uh, the Daytona 500, is which that... is uh, the first weekend of February. I I don't know anything about NASCAR. Really? I could care less about NASCAR. So, Carolina, wow. sorry. I apologize. You're one of my favorite callers, but I know zero. I know that Dale Earnhardt Jr. likes Wrangler. <laughs> and so does Brett Favre. Yes. And now <laughs> Drew Brees. So, that's my extent of NASCAR knowledge. Well, there you go. There you go. So, um... Let me. I, I want to make a quick uh, little change. I, we we're talking about Kentucky's free throw percentage. It's actually dipped since uh, since, <laughs> since their last game. Go figure. And they're actually fourth now instead in their last five years of under Calipari. But pretty much tied for third with uh, the first years uh, first year squad, Perry Stevenson squad. So, but the range of free throw shooting goes from sixty four percent to seventy two percent. I think Kentucky by the end of the season could be a 70% free throw shooting team. And if you could do that, that that would win 3 of the 4 losses this year. So, that's I I think as a team they need to be shooting 70%. And I think they could do that by the end of the year. So, what do you what do you want to talk about now, Haven? What's what's on your mind? You want to talk a little you want to continue our uh 
Louisville, you want to you want to go back to Louisville basketball and how I think that they're gonna they're closer to an NIT. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. We we can definitely discuss why you think uh, they're close to NIT status. Do does Louisville get one top twenty five win going into the AAC tournament? I have to check and see where Cincinnati's ranked. I believe Cincinnati is like twenty five. Yeah, they're they're right on the right on the cusp. Yeah. They are actually they're nineteenth right now. Nineteenth, okay. So there you go. Twenty third in the other. So nineteenth in the AP poll. So there you go. It, it, it could be since they play Cincinnati twice, they play Memphis twice, they play UConn twice. There's a good chance that one of those teams rotates yeah. back to being ranked again, which would give us like two ranked yeah, Memphis possibly is, two ranked wins. Memphis seventeenth, Louisville eighteenth, Cincinnati nineteenth. They're all back to back to back. But that's really concerning because Rick Patino pretty much put all of his eggs in the Kentucky game. Going or in the Carolina game, really, which Carolina's not even ranked and they got housed by. And now they have to win. They've they've got Connecticut, they've got Memphis, Cincinnati, so they've got really five games left against potential top twenty five teams. They've got to at least win three of them. Yeah. You've got to win three. You've got to have three top twenty five wins. If not, you better hope to win the the conference tournament. And you're right. Rick always has his teams ready to play going into the conference tournament. But I'd be really nervous because, like you said, there's no Peyton Siva, no Gorgie Jang walking through those doors. And I said this at the beginning of the season. I got a lot of flack for it. Peyton Siva was extremely underrated. He was four-year starter under, under Patino. He had that offense down pat. Oh, yeah. It takes two years under Patino to get that to get his offensive system down because it's very, very, very difficult. And you're expecting a Chris Jones or a, a, a Rogier to come in here and pick it up from the start. That that's a recipe for disaster. And you have zero rim protectors. I hate to say it, Montrez has been nowhere to be seen. I, you know, I, I think Montrez he was supposed to be the rim protector. He was supposed he was. to be. The, the force down low, and he's just, you know, you see flashes. Yeah, you do. Of, of what he can do. And, like, Wayne's supposed to bring, you know, supposed to add that the other element at forward. And, you know, Wayne's been like, it's, it's like points of the season, it's almost like there's been an amber, uh, amber alert for Wayne Blackshear <laughs> because he just disappears. He's always disappeared. And, and he always has, the whole time he's been here. Really, your only person that steps up to the plate, actually you have two, Mr. Smith, and I love Luke Hancock's game. Always have loved his game. And I think he could be an NBA player. He doesn't have athleticism. No. Footspeed's going to kill an NBA because he, he, he can't guard anybody. No, on, but on he, could, he, could come, he could be like a Brent Barry. He could come off the bench and really uh, – Brent Barry, I'm, I'm going to say, he has a ton of athleticism. But he could be that kind of guy that comes off the bench and really puts a fire in, in a team. He will be the guy that comes off the bench for the Turkestan. No, he he's. I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he does. He will probably end up in Europe, but I, I think mean, some teams he, will he, give him a shot. It's, it's the foot speed. I mean, he'll, he'll get a shot. Don't you? He'll, he'll get a shot, but it's the foot speed and, and the lack of athleticism. He's got such a smooth game. I he, love I mean, when he gets he, to the rim. I mean, I mean, yeah, he has a very smooth old man game. He does that works great in college, but the NBA is, is a completely different level of athlete. I, I after that it's gonna because I'm scared for a little. Because I, I will say this because you know that slow meandering, 
you know, uh, hook shot he likes to throw up in that slow meandering drive to the basket. It seems to he always he doesn't blow past anybody. He just kind of meanders past people. Maybe a that mosey down the lane he does. Well, that's, that's, that's fine in college, but NBA that's not going to work. Well, if Brian Scalabrini and Matt Bonner can be on on NBA teams, and Matt, I don't know if you know Haven. I'm a huge Spurs fan. I mean, huge Spurs fan. Yeah, and that's the most uh, frustrating. Old man central. That, that, that's I, I that's the, actually a myth. I think the average age of the Spurs has like about 55. That's actually a myth. They're big three-year-old, but after that, they're, they're talent. Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, all 22, 23. You know, they're, oh, yeah. they're, the but rest see, of their talent. But what you said is important, though, is the big three. And well, no, Ginobili's even not really considered to be part of the big three. It's Kawhi now. It's, it's Kawhi's team. It, it's Tony's team. Tony's only 31. He's been in the league for 48 years, though. I mean, but, uh, 31 for NBA players is kind of getting up there. Yeah, but they're not the, – it's not going to be players that beat you. It's going to be Pop's system. We could go talking about this for days, how the Spurs will <laughs> the Spurs will win the West again this year. They're first in the West again, and they're only the only team in the NBA to not have a losing streak. That's the mastermind of Greg Popovich. He, he he's a great coach. I mean, I'd give him, he is. I love a, Pop. A, he, he's he's a great coach, and you know, to me, from actually being the owner of a team now, and you can hey, if you guys want to chime in, please give us a call to Oxmoor Four Lincoln Buzz Line at three eight four fourteen fifty. Again, give us a call to Oxmoor Four Lincoln Buzz Line at three eight four fourteen fifty. But you know, one of one of the things that I like about you know, the the whole pop situation in Spurs is that one, they're always in there winning. Yeah. Two, they have great ownership. And yeah. they know how to get players to fit their system. They don't draft guys just on strictly potential because most NBA guys, yep. after the first four or five picks, it's all about potential. You know, I'll, I'll draft this guy on potential. Or they draft a guy, he's a European player, he's going to play in Europe, he probably would never come over. They don't have to pay him any money, and you know you just move on with somebody else. So I had to give him some. That's that's an ownership that is focused, continuity. GM that's focused and a coach is focused. They know what it takes. Yeah, they know who they want, and they go and get not not maybe not the, the biggest flash, you know, but they go guys who are going to you know fit that particular system. And as I must say, as a guy who owns a professional team now, that's hard to do. I yeah. mean, it really is hard to do because a lot of times you see like. The Flash. Yeah. Like, if I get this guy, I know I can sell, like, this many tickets. Case of point, NFL draft. Johnny you know, Manziel. A, a lot of NFL draft boards have Teddy Bridgewater falling to the seventh pick of the draft, going to uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. And have the Texans either taking Clowney or taking Johnny Manziel. And a lot of people are like, how do you going to take Johnny Manziel? Uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is a much, much better quarterback. Houston won't draft him. No, I mean, I can see. I mean, Teddy is a better quarterback than Manziel. Oh, yeah. But Manziel will sell a buttload of tickets for the Texans. I mean, he will sell he would, a buttload of tickets for the Texans. There's only two professional sports programs, in my opinion, that show uh, continuity. You know, that would be San Antonio Spurs and the New England Patriots. And who are the, both of their coaches like? They're the driest individuals one-word answers, do it our way, or get out of here. And uh, how's it going, Aaron Jackson? Um, 
But that that's what I love about the Spurs. I mean, you're not going to get any drama. You're you're not going to get any any shenanigans, but you're going to get wins. You're going to get consistent playoffs. You're going to get titles. That's what the New England Patriots as well. Well, you know, see, you know what? Before we talk about the Patriots, let's save that for the, the last half of the show. We're going to talk about the NFL, yeah. AFC, or NFC, AFC playoffs, the championship games coming up. We're going to break down like the buzzer are breaking down before when we come back on a weekend sports buzz with Hayden Harrington and my man Tyler Smith. tight grill with the phony rappers. Y'all might feel we homies. I'm like still, y'all don't know me. I'm tight grill with my situation. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. And welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz, brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, the greatest personal injury lawyer in the city of Louisville. You can give him a call at 502-587-0041. Again, that's Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney, 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Give my man, Brandon J. Lawrence, a call. My man, Shaft, give him a call. (laughs) Telling you, he's the greatest of all time. Now, speaking of greatest of all time, this weekend in the – AFC playoffs or championship game. Yeah. You you arguably have two of the greatest quarterbacks yeah. to ever lace them up. It's gonna be fun. Going against each other with Peyton Manning and Thomas Brady. <laughs> yes, I call him by his, his full name. Like his mama calls him Thomas, I'm gonna call him Thomas. <laughs> Thomas Brady. Y'all are on first name basis. We're on first name basis, man. That's you know, awesome. Me and Thomas, man, we just hang out. You know, I try to hang with Peyton Manning, but he's kind of stiff. You know, he's 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 not a fun guy. Thomas <coughs> hangs around supermodels, gets busted for DUIs. <laughs> That's the cat I hang around with. Thomas Brady. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun one. It it's gonna be one that we want to set our DVRs to. I'm not the biggest NFL guy. How can you not be? I mean, because I'm so focused on college sports and NBA. After the, I, there's only so much I can put energy into. Plus my Falcons. Really, they, uh, so many injuries this year. Pretty much at every single position, other yeah, than yeah, Matt my, Ryan. My, my cousin is a Falcons fan too, and he was just like, you know, to me, the Falcons. Once you abandon a running game, it's all over. Well, it's all over. They're going to they their offensive line was awful because they were so injured. They're, it only sets them up for a really good season next year because they could have the potential to get Jadavian Clowney. And if they don't get Clowney, they get Anthony Barr from UCLA, who's just as good of a pass rusher. And that's what they need from that other end with uh, O.C. O.C. Imanura on that. On he that he other pronounced side. it right. There you I go. Know. He talking, he, you know what? I love the way he took that, that pause <laughs> yeah. just to make sure he got that O.C. Imanura. Yeah. Yeah. You pretty much could just say, like, bless you. That's right. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. No. O.C. Imanura. Um, but they're, they're going to be – Back next year, I think. I think they'll be fine. Getting Julio Jones. Roddy White was injured all year. They'll be fine. But this AFC Championship game is going to be one that we want to set our DVRs to because we could never, we might never see this playoff matchup again. Yeah, you will. You think next year it's going to happen? It always happens. I mean, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady in the playoffs. That's like. This is the last year of Peyton Manning's uh, contract. 
He'll be back. It's Peyton Manning. I mean, the, the guy has another year or two left in him. I agree with that, but things it's happen. It's like peanut butter and jelly, man. It's like peanut butter and jelly. I mean, <laughs> anytime you have Peyton Manning out there and you have Tom Brady, they're going to meet at some point, whether it's in the playoffs, because that's just – I mean, these guys will play, what, almost 15 times against each other? Yeah, 14. They're four, in the playoffs, so, yeah, yeah. they're definitely going to bump into each other almost every single year. You know, to me, the most remarkable thing, you was talking about, you know, the Spurs and how they have a, their organization has a focus on the type of players they want. What's amazing to me is the focus that New England has on being cheap and not really want to pay guys and letting guys kind of go and then bringing either older players in – and then drafting guys that you never heard of before, and it just works. And that's to me, that's the most amazing thing about the whole Bill Belichick system yeah. in New England. I mean, once he got rid of Dion Branch and the other top wide receivers, he was like, man, these guys are gonna they're gonna be kind of suspect, and they lose, you know, so much talent. You know, each bring in Kimbrell Tompkins. Who uh, would have thought? Yeah, yeah who would have thought an undrafted free agent? He comes in and he's their third leading receiver on their team. That's I mean, it's just. It's just it's, it's just the sims. I mean, it's just it's it's that system, and it's just amazing. You just plug in guys, Amadola. Yeah. I mean, guy, even Ridley. I yeah. Mean, all these guys you, you never heard of. I mean, Amadola. I think first got famous and uh, when he played for Dallas, and he got cut during a hard when Dallas had a hard, hard knocks on yeah. HBO, which is I must say the greatest sports porn ever. <laughs> it's, it's hard knocks on HBO. It's, I've never heard that phrase before. You never heard sports porn before? <laughs> never heard that phrase. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to introduce you to that phrase. <laughs> that is like the greatest. I mean, one of the greatest sports show ever is, is Hard Knocks because it, you get to see like how cutthroat the NFL yeah. really is. And a lot of those guys, yeah, a lot of those guys who get hurt, real, real promising guys, and they're gone. I, wanted, I remember when the Jets had their Hard Knocks. Mm-hmm. You got to see Danny Woodhead, who outperformed McKnight. Yeah. At every turn, yep. every turn he outperforming Knight was blocking, running, but yet they cut Woodhead and keep McKnight, yep. who winds up being a giant liability and really still hasn't done anything for the Jets. Nope. Only because he paid him more, because he came from a bigger school, and he's a bigger guy. Yeah. And But Danny Woodhead has gone on to have a really solid career. Very solid career, and is very, very uh, productive. Then you've got the Miami Dolphins and the Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco at that point. Yeah, I mean, just Hard Knocks is awesome. <clears throat> the different personalities, and yeah. it's just, I love it. But I digress. <laughs> uh, and back to the Patriots. I mean, the way these guys just plug unknowns in and they still win, yeah. it's just, I mean, it's just amazing. Even, even after injuries, you, you, you lose your starting defensive tackle, uh, Wolfork, who's like, the man looks like he's about 55 years old because I, I was watching a game mm-hmm. and they showed him on the sidelines without his helmet on and he has like a LeBron James. I actually take that back. I was about to say he had a LeBron James hairline, but he doesn't. He has the hairline of um, of the dead and meet the clumps. Remember Eddie Murphy? We played all the characters. Yes, yes, he had that hairline. I mean, it's like no hair at all. It's just awful, awful. Yeah, that happened during the Falcons game, actually. Where yes. He, uh, what was it? ACL or was it Achilles? It was Achilles. Those, yeah, it was one of those pretty pretty bad injuries. Yeah, horrible horrible hairline. I but mean, they keep plugging away and they keep winning. Yeah. But can he do it again against Manning? You know, you know, Manning to me is like an enigma wrapped in a, a conundrum. <laughs> and the reason being, like, he's like a great. He's the I mean, greatest regular season quarterback. Yes, of all time. he's the greatest regular season quarterback of all time. And if you ask any football fan, they will tell you unequivocally that he is better than his brother Eli. 
He's a much better quarterback than Eli. Oh, yeah. But when it comes to the playoffs, you give me Eli every time over Peyton Manning. I'm not going that far. No, I'm, I'm, for, some, for some reason, Peyton, I mean, with all the talent Peyton's been surrounded by, even when he was at, when he was at Baltimore, um, not Baltimore. Oh, Indy. God. Yeah, he was at Indy. And, you know, now at Denver. You, know, you would think that he would win more than one Super Bowl. That he would, he, would, he would have gone to another Super Bowl by now. But, he, but they haven't. And, it's, and it seems like when, once he gets to the playoffs, something happens, and he's just not – he's either not as sharp or it's just – maybe it's a mental barrier or whatever happens when he gets to the playoffs. It, it just doesn't click like it does during regular season. I think he gets a really bad rap, excuse me, because he has an incredible off. It's like – all right, I'm not going to compare him to Louisville, but the Indianapolis Colts, incredible offense – but that defense is like the University of Kentucky back there. Their defense wow. was awful. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not Kentucky bad. No, it's not that bad. But Maybe Ole Miss bad. Maybe Ole Miss bad. All right. But he gets a really bad rap because he loses games that are 35-34. And, I mean, their their defense was atrocious. Yeah, you had Freeney. Yeah, you had Mathis. But they couldn't cover anybody to save their life. And Tom Brady would pick them apart when they would meet in the AFC title, except for the 06 one, which will be my key stat that I'll, I'll throw out later. And I think Denver's defense this year is really underrated. I mean, really. it's a great defense. I mean, they lost Von Miller again, but he wasn't really a, a contributor all through the season. Yeah. Chris um, Davis is going to be out this game, which he, according to some efficiency ratings, is I think the number seven rated quarter cornerback in the league. That's that's gonna be a very big loss. That's a big loss. Very big, but you have the Kentucky linebacker crew there. Can but, linebacker you. That's right. Danny Trevathan. Wesley Woodier. That's right. It that's beautiful. I love it. And then you got Jacob Tammy, who was the leading pass catcher uh in their loss at New England this year. So shout out shout out to those guys. And that that might play a little play a little part in my prediction later on. Man, you just like holding auto cards to your vest, man. I am. You play I'm, poker, man. I, spades, I do. spades. Gotta, gotta, um, gotta keep them close. I can't, I can't, I can't throw out the bait. All right, I've got to throw out the bait, but I can't, I can't. We don't want them to turn off the show yet. That's true. You still got about three more minutes to go. Yeah. So, but um, interesting, interesting. See now, when I look at this game, I, I look, I like, I like to look at past performances, and you know how they've done. And you go quarterback to quarterback, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and the AFC Championship game. You give me Peyton, you give me Tom Brady every time. Yeah, over Peyton. I mean, Grant, like I said, Peyton's the greatest regular season quarterback known to man. Unfortunately, playoffs times he's not. Uh, you know, he's he, he's, he's above average. He's, he's he's above he's average. He's been to two Super Bowls, lost one, but. If it wasn't for an onside kick by the New Orleans Saints to throw him off guard, he might have two. Maybe. <clears throat> no. But. No, he didn't have two because the Saints were destined to win that one. That yeah, was just, they were. That that whole that whole season with yeah. what it was, was that, Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, it was, it was way too much momentum on, yeah. on, the, on the Saints' side to lose I that know. one. I know. But I just think Peyton gets a bad rap for for his playoff numbers. Well, he, he's, he's, he's played well. But he playoffs. should, though. I mean, he's played well. But, you know, a quarterback of his stature should have more than one Super Bowl. Honestly, that that's a fair. He should, he should have one of one. I mean, Peyton. I mean, uh, Tom Brady has like what three, three, 
Eli Manning has. His brother has two. But what did you say earlier? What was your what was your little defense phrase? wins championships and offense sells tickets? Yeah. So yes, the quarterback gets more glory than he should, and more you know more hate, more pressure than he should. He's the one that he he's the one that touches the ball every single possession, and he's played well. He just has had defensive that couldn't stop me and you out there. Well, no, well, you know, last year he had a he had a he had a impressive defense. Denver had an impressive defense last year. The same cast that Kerr's had this year, and they couldn't stop uh, Joe Flacco from torching them with a the deep ball. I mean, just well, that, torching them. You're going that defense. How are you out of position by that much? If you just, just bat one ball down, you win that game. You it, probably it, won the Super Bowl. It was just, it was just amazing. I mean, it was just how is know, safety in that coverage when when no time left. You know, all, all you gotta do is just go twenty yards deep, and just anybody you see come past, just run with them. That's all I have to do. And that, that, and Joe awful. Flacco burned them like about four or five times with deep passes. It was like, how how this happened? How Torrey Smith gets that open on that deep ball is multiple times. It was like it was like he just did it once. It was like two or three times in that game. He was just like running willy nilly. When you're playing a two deep safety, <laughs> you play over top the wide receiver. You don't play underneath him. That that still gets me every time. I know, and and you kind of look at this uh, this matchup here. Now, I would have to say the Denver's defense is once again is is playing uh, pretty well, playing well enough. Well enough, yes. I would say they are they are playing well enough. They're not well San Francisco or Seattle. No, I mean those are the two best D's in in football, but they're playing well enough for a Peyton Manning led team. You would think, but you would think they're playing well the, enough. The question is going to be, can they stop the rushing attack of New England? Because that that Legarrette Blunt, Stephen Ridley, I mean, they they just could go, they just keep bringing people in. Legarrette Blunt gets four touchdowns last week, which the Colts can't stop the run at all. That that they, they couldn't all year, and I think that's going to be. I think they can. I think the the interior defense of the of the Broncos. We'll be able to slow them down enough. So, I think that's going to be the biggest key. Can they slow down that rushing attack? Because it's not. It, this is not a typical Tom Brady team where they're they're throwing the ball. No, they're not. No, not. And but, well, I'm also interested in because to me the way you beat Brady or Manning rather in the um, in the playoffs is hitting them because you can rattle Manning and Manning is not the most mobile of guys. And a lot of times with Manning, you don't even have to hit him. You just make a move. Yep, that's enough. All you gotta do is make a move. Don't have to hit him. You have to make a move. I talked to uh, you know several guys in a who's played against Manning, uh, Earl Heyman being one of them. Former U of L star yeah. has Super Bowl ring with the aforementioned uh, Saints. Yeah, you know he he was telling me that uh, Peyton was one of those guys that if you get close to him, if he thinks he may get sacked, he'll just he'll just fall down. Yeah, you know, he'll, he does. he'll just he'll just fall down because he's not gonna get hurt. He'll just fall down and just you know hey I'll, okay we'll. Try again on next down. So you, you don't have to hit him. We can get, get close to him, make a move, make him try throwing a run where he's not where he's not very comfortable. You can beat him. Yeah, but that's with a but, Peyton Manning offense that doesn't have Eric Decker, Julius Thomas, Demarius Thomas, Wes Welker, no Sean Marino. I mean, I could just keep going. This team is just loaded with weapons. It's, it's weapon you. But I don't see the New England Patriots being able to have that pass rush to do that. The, 
Aqib Talib is probably this year has probably been the best cover corner in in all of football. Agreed. After that, I don't see anybody that can. All right, you take away Demarius Thomas. That's fine. Peyton will beat you with the rest of the crew. Belichick is the best coach when it comes to taking away your best option. He did that with the Falcons when Tony Gonzalez, because we had no Roddy White and no Julio Jones. But um, we'll have to see. You know what? When we come back from this commercial break, let's go ahead and uh, let's talk about the, the NFC for a little bit. And then we'll give our final predictions and who's going to win, why they're going to win, and how many points we're going to score when we come back on the Weekend Sports Book. You're listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Tell us your thoughts on the Oxmoor Fort Lincoln Buzz Line at 384-1450. The Weekend Sports Buzz. Your host, Haven Harrington, joined in studio. The leader of the Kentucky Heartbeat Clan himself. My man, Tyler Smith. And I'm also looking in studio as well with the other 15 members of the Kentucky Heartbeat Clan and their affiliates are out there as well. I'd like to say hi to you. All Kentucky Heartbeat Clan members. We have Ghostface there, Lady D, and the rest of them. But, uh, you know, before we finish talking about and breaking down this NFC-AFC championship game, we have to talk to probably the greatest IU fan in the history of IU sports. The man is going to tell us why that win over Ohio State was phenomenal. Who's going to break it down like nobody else can? I give you the truth. Truth, how you doing? What's happened, Baird? I tell you what, my team is just starting to plan together. I got one player who don't want to get with the program, but he's gonna have a lot of splinters in his butt. Jeremy <laughs> Hollowell. That's right, pine time. Yes, I I tell you what, I'm getting excited about my Hoosier today. We're gonna win this, but I want to get to the. I got my Super Bowl pick today. Oh okay. I, I got New England. And I got uh, San Francisco going to the Super Bowl, and got San Francisco winning it all. I think, truth, you're you're on the same uh, route that I am. I think uh, I'm not going to give anything away, but uh, one of your one of your picks is, is is where I'm headed. So I'm going to tell you the reason why I take. Uh, I uh, I don't like New England, but I think uh, John, uh, the quarterback can't even think his name. Peyton Manning. No. Or Tom Brady? Hey, not, not, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback ever played the game because this be his sixth Super Bowl. And a lot of people don't know this be Belichick's eighth Super Bowl. Yeah. He, he won two Super Bowls as a defensive coach at the Giants. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people don't know. And him, that would put him in a lead with himself. I don't care. When you go to eight Super Bowls, you are a bad man. <laughs> You're doing something right. Yes, and I'm 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 just I don't like Peyton Manning. He's overrated. He just he's just like you know what I told everybody. He like he like uh, Mark McGuire. He like Barry Bonds. During the regular season, they put up good statistics. But you take people like Terry Bradshaw, who got two hundred and thirteen interceptions, two hundred twelve yeah. uh, touchdown pass. Right. But he they win when it counts in the, the big tournament. And like uh, I use uh, Barry, Bernie Williams will never be a Hall of Fame, but if you look at his statistics, he's one of the greatest guy ever played in the World Series. 
That's what kind of players I like. Truth, I got to ask you a question. Yes. Are you a fan of court storming? Uh, nope. Okay. I, I think that's, I'm I, I'm I'm disappointed for Indiana doing that because we're used to winning. Yeah. It ain't like we ain't been. And then not only that, somebody gonna get serious hurt one yep. day for that correct. Yeah, no, you're that's exactly dangerous. right. You're exactly right. It's, you you saw the you saw the photos of Aaron Harrison and the the Arkansas student. Arkansas student mm-hmm. coming up and stirring up trouble. I'm shocked that we have not had anything like that happen yet with all the, the court stormings that we've seen. But you're exactly right, Truth. Indiana uh, is supposed to be an elite program. You all should not be storming the court as much as you have been. I, I'm disappointed with that, and I, was, I hope the Big Ten uh, 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 Commissioner Frank Lady will find Indiana for running on the court for that. I am calling for a fan on Indiana because we – I don't care if, if if now I don't mind turning down the goalpost because we ain't been winning in football, but <laughs> in basketball, in basketball you got five national championships, so we used to win it. But in football, if we knocked off Ohio State, I'd be the first one that I'd go to jail for turning down the goalpost. <laughs> the, the, the man would break his own rule that he just instituted <laughs> against yeah. storming the field. But would would you agree, <laughs> yeah. Truth? Would you agree that? Elite programs do should and do not storm courts. Kentucky and Indiana and Duke and North Carolina should never fans should never uh and UConn girls should never uh storm a court. You used to win it. you the championship tell you. But somebody like Evansville, if they knock off somebody winning it, they ought to tear down the, the arena and everything. Because they're not <laughs> used to winning. I completely agree with you, Truth. Great perspective. That's why he's the truth. That's right. He brings okay. the truth. I'll see y'all next week. Take yes, care, sir. Truth. Uh, bye-bye. Man, look at the truth. Breaking it down to his very last compound. That's what I'm talking about. That, that's a great perspective because he's an Indiana fan, a diehard Indiana fan, and he's gone for his own program to get fined. because That's hardcore, man. Yeah, because he realizes that we're – I'm doing – quotes right now the air quotes yeah the air quotes that they're elite which we that that's up for debate well um, no we know, I know in the annals but, of, in and, the annals of right. programs they you're are right. an elite program they are up there they are up there um but i i i think i i completely agree with them elite programs should not be storming the court so there you go but let, let's talk a little nfc championship this is the one that i'm really excited about um defense yes yes defense it, number one, number two, defense ranked defenses uh, in the league, and uh, I'm gonna say there's gonna be one. Oh, over here, hitting my mic. There's gonna be one difference maker, <laughs> Mike, Mr. Michael Crabtree, great wide receiver. He is. He's a great wide receiver. Before the injury, they were eight and four. They they were decent, but they did not look like a Super Bowl contending team. They were averaging 295 yards a game. And only 22 points per game. Post injury, since he's come back, the 49ers are seven and zero, averaging 50 more yards per game, nearly 350 yards, and averaging 25 points a game. Three to four point difference per game. That, that's which is a, huge. That's, that's huge. huge. Yeah. So can and the question is, can Kaepernick play a clean game? Kaepernick. It has lost 60% of his games when he has thrown one interception. And Kaepernick has been outstanding over his last six games of the regular season. He's thrown t- 10 touchdowns 
and only one pick for 6-0 record for the last six games. But that one interception came against Seattle at Candlestick. So can he play well enough to, or at least a clean game, so he doesn't put his defense in bad situations? You know, it's going to be hard because Seattle has, has the one defense in the NFL. They are phenomenal on defense. I mean, just phenomenal. And what makes them so phenomenal is that they have safeties mm-hmm. and cornerbacks that are the same size as most teams' wide receivers. Yeah. They're big, strong, and very, very physical. Yep, and quick. And quick, and they match up very well with almost yeah. anybody out there. So, you know, it's going to be – this game's almost like a pick em It really is. Because, one, they don't like each other, which is great. I love it. You know, it's great to have teams that don't like each other. Coaches hate each other. Play for it all. You have two coaches that couldn't be more different than each other. You have a rah-rah, a sis boom ba. I love my players. I'm going to hug and cry on the field, my Mr. players Carroll. type of guy. With Pete Carroll. And then you got Jim Harbaugh, who's just a tough nose. You know, a blue collar, yeah. lunch pail, three yards and cloud of dust. Let's do some play action passing. Yeah. And every now and then I throw in a, some spread option just to keep you on this type of type yeah. of guy. Uh, you have a great quarterback in Colin Kaepernick, big, tall, strong, uh, pretty quick. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a still he's still developing as a quarterback. You know, you can still he's, he's still developing, he's still trying to learn his reads and things of that nature. But man, he is he's phenomenal. You have Russell Wilson, who is five eleven, maybe. <laughs> That's being generous. Yeah, it is being generous. He's probably close to probably like five nine. Yeah, but um, but great, he's a winner. He's a winner, and all he does is just win. Yeah, he uh, reads defenses really well. He's a very heady quarterback. Uh, they've instituted uh, things in the offense like a true spread option game just for him. Yeah, to give him a space. He knows when to run, when to pull it. Uh, he looks to throw the ball first. He likes to slide instead of taking a hit. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, this game literally is a toss up game. Key stat for you here. The 49ers have lost eight of their last 11 games in Seattle. And those eight wins, the average score of the Seahawks have won 30.1 to 7.6. That's a 22.5 point difference. But I'm going to say throw it all out the window. I'm saying the 49ers win 24-21. Wow. I'm saying the difference of Michael Crabtree, it really opens up that offense. And I think the big person that is going to be Vernon Davis this week. It was Anquan Bolden last week. The week before was Michael Crabtree. I think it's Vernon's time. I think he's going to have a big game across the middle and really challenge those Seattle linebackers. I'm going to go with uh, former University of Louisville great, Breno J. Kamini, uh starting right tackle there for your Seattle Seahawks. Because um, they have the best uniforms, I think, in all of football. I agree with the that. The Seahawks. I mean, that, that lime green is awesome. I'm yeah, not going to lie. That, I agree. That, that, that lime green is nasty. But I'm going to give it to the 12th man. I honestly think that's going to be the difference in the game is the 12th man, is the fans. I mean, for some reason, those guys are just unstoppable at home. Once they start to feed off the energy of the crowd with Marshawn Lynch uh, running the ball, I mean, those guys, once they feel that energy and that momentum goes, it never, even it seems like momentum's changing, the fans pull it right back. Yeah. Which in football is just, in sports in general, once momentum changes, it's almost impossible to change momentum and get it back to him. Florida State did it against Auburn, but yep. that was very rare, rare that you can change momentum yep. and get it back. And it seemed, you know, they're 15-1 at home, or 16-1 after last week's win at home, which yep. is a phenomenal home record. I'm going to have to go with the Seahawks. On, if, this, if this game was played in Candlestick Park, you go I, would, San Fran. I would go with San Fran. But only because it's in Seattle, 
I'm gonna go with the Seahawks because their fans, I think it's gonna it's gonna keep them in the game. Even if they get down, the fans are gonna change momentum. Here's an interesting stat. I'm I'm all about numbers never lie. We just got a couple minutes left here on the weekend sports buzz. Winning the playoff game the week before, prior to the conference championship, by a bigger margin than your conference champion championship game opponent has been a pretty big determining factor going into that game. So the team that won the divisional playoff game by a bigger margin the week before has won 54 out of 80 times. So that's a 60, 68% winning percentage. So that's why I'm going San Fran this week. But we didn't give our AFC predictions. I'm going Denver 38-35. I'm going to go with the hoodie. <laughs> the man that met the legend himself, Bill Belichick. You know, forget all the, about the players and things of that nature. A lot of football comes out of coaching and scheming. Yep. And there's nobody better than Bill Belichick. He will he, he will throw some things out there defensively that Peyton Manning has not seen and is not prepared for. Yep. Now, Peyton Manning, he I mean, he's, he's an offensive mastermind. He'll make the change on the fly. Bill Belichick will make those changes on the fly. I think Bill Belichick's a better coach than Fox. Oh, there's uh, no doubt about that. And I, I think Belichick gets it done. I, I think he'll. I think he will get it done. I think the hoodie will do it. And uh, I'm looking for Seattle and uh, the Patriots to be in the Super Bowl with the uh, the winner to come out announced next week. Yeah, man. You know what, Mr. Smith? I like to say it's uh it's great having you here in it's studio. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. You're having you on the weekend sports buzz. Uh, you know, I'm surrounded by uh, the Kentucky Heartbeat guys. Everybody has a uniform on. I wish you guys could see in studio because everybody has like the uniform on. Uh, it's Kentucky blue. I don't think there's anybody in here who does not have Kentucky blue. And if they had red on, they would not be on the show. Except for me. I'm like the only guy. I got, I got powder blue on, so I guess like North Carolina or something. <laughs> uh, but, hey, thank you guys for listening to the Weekend Sports Buzz. This has been Haven Harrington. Tyler Smith. I'd like to thank uh, Brandon J. Lawrence, the lawyer of the people. Give him a Chef. call at 502-587-0041. Thank you for tuning in to Weekend Sports Buzz. We'll catch you next week.